0: What's going on, guys? It's Mohammed, the host of Aware Alpha, and welcome to episode 74. Guys, I'm excited. Ladies, I'm excited, feeling grateful, uh, feeling motivated as usual. And at the same time, I'm sure a lot of us are very well aware of all the crazy things that's happening in this world right now. And at the same time, I think if you look at it optimistically, there's a lot of awesome things going on in this world right now. So, for me, I'm excited to do this episode. I'm excited to do it with one of my good friends who I have here on the show today. She goes by the name of Samantha. And just tell you guys a couple of things about her, she used to work in the corporate world. And in the last few years, she has done a lot of work on healing herself, You know, figuring herself out, understanding where she went wrong and where she went right and what she needs to focus on and really working on her own goals and dreams as well. She's the founder of the Apparel line, the Align Gemini, and she's also a coach who's been working with women through her programs, uh, helping them heal, manifest their desired relationships, and just really live their most aware life. So with that being said, Samantha, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me. You're so kind. I absolutely loved that introduction. <laughs> i just going to have to awesome. like steal that little clip.
0: <laughs> I feel like, I, I feel like, you know, I was going from my heart and I feel like I've been watching your journey this last couple of years. So, like, it really, really made sense to me, everything I just said, right? Um, yeah. A question that comes off the top of my head when you hear the word aware alpha, like, what comes to your mind or what do you think an aware alpha is?
1: For me, I think it's just, I don't even, you know, what's funny is I don't even think of the whole like masculine side of it. I think of somebody who's just aware of who they are and in their journey. And even more so if we do want to touch on the whole masculine side of it, it's, it's really cool that you started a program like this called the Aware Alpha because there are so many men, sadly, that don't get to be taught. We've had this conversation before that aren't taught on how to. Be aware of themselves, right? And that goes for everybody. That's not even just men. That's just everybody in general. But sadly, men get left out on that even more, right? So, mm. when I think of the aware alpha, I just think of more people who are aware of their intuition, more mm. aware of their feelings, more aware of where they want to go, who they want to be, what they've done, what they could do better, mm. right? Just that whole inner reflection.
0: Mm, piece. I love that. I think I'm gonna use that for the aware alpha podcast. Like that was actually <laughs> really good. And- yeah. <laughs> It's interesting. When I started the brand, it was like, I thought like my audience was just men, but now like 40% of the listeners of the podcast is women and 60% men. And there's a lot of women that resonate with the brand as well. It's because it's an aware alpha. A man or a woman could be an aware alpha, right? So yeah, no, it's like, I'm just grateful for anyone that resonates with it and listens to the podcast and takes something away from it. A question that comes off the top of my head for yourself on his journey that you have been on these last couple of years, right. From, you know, leaving the corporate world, getting into the business world, from healing your past traumas and everything like that. What do you feel like, you know, one of the things that's been the hardest for you in your journey?
1: There's a lot. There's Mm -hmm. a lot. I think the hardest thing for me was accepting that the work is never done. Mm. Um, and that there's always a new layer. That was the biggest piece for me when I was like healing, especially from my past relationship,
0: Mm. something
1: would trigger. And I was like, really, really? I thought I dealt with this. I was so mad. Mm. So having the awareness to know that it's a journey, there's no... End destination, and that we're forever evolving, right? And it's uh, the way I like to describe it is like an onion, right? There's always a new layer to peel, there's yeah. always something that's going to be uncovered. Mm-hmm. So, I think that was the hardest for me to accept the fact that this was a continuous journey, and I, I didn't get to just learn one lesson and it be done. Like, right. it, it was like ever evolving and giving myself the grace and love. To hold that space for myself so that I could move through it rather than punishing myself for it.
0: Mm, that's so beautiful because there's so many people that are starting to wake up and become aware of childhood trauma and their triggers and the things that really just as you know, they have come up and just realized and they have done and they're starting their inner work, you know, processing their emotions, journaling, meditation, all these things to really just understand themselves better. And that's something where you just shared. It took me a while to get that in the sense of where this journey is never done and you gotta be gentle and love yourself. And like you said, grace, right? There's times that you think like, yeah, I'm, I'm good now. Yeah. I, I cried the tears. I did the journaling. Yeah. I I'm ready. And then boom, you know, you start talking to someone or something happens and they don't text you back when they were supposed to, <laughs> they, wasn't, they weren't supposed to anyways. And all of a sudden you're just like, all these things are going in your world. And, and I'm like, Whoa, yeah. I, I thought I'd like done the work and all of a sudden right now, I am this insecure little boy wondering why she hasn't texted me in the last hour. Well, like when I know I'm well, very well aware she's at work, but yeah right?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Our, our triggers can go so wild. And I think that's another thing, too, is not just being aware of our triggers, but mm. owning them and mm. being able to be vocal about them. That has been like a huge learning curve for me is like being vocal about my vulnerabilities and about my triggers and owning it and not projecting it.
0: Mm, that's so good what you just mentioned, because it's so true. If a lot of times we don't, let's say, we become you can become aware of our triggers and everything you just mentioned, but we're still expecting that partner to be reading our mind. It's like, what? Like you can't expect somebody to read your mind. And that's no, what like what you, what you just nailed was like. Be vocal, like, hey, you know, when I don't get that text message, this is how I feel. This is what I'm working through. It has nothing to do with you, but this is what's happening in my head when those situations come up, right? So, yeah, I yeah, know that's awesome what you just shared. And it's interesting. So, for yourself, do you feel like there's like a, you know, like a stage you want to get to where you want to heal before you enter into a relationship with another person? Or do you feel like you should just be like, like, no, like anytime, like healing is forever. So don't let that stop you from getting into a relationship. Or do you feel like, no, there's needs to be a certain amount of work done with yourself before you allow somebody else into an intimate relationship with yourself.
1: I'm so happy you asked this question, like so happy because I have two different perspectives on this now.
0: Awesome. Um,
1: now being in a relationship, it is my first actual relationship since my separation five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I have my opinion before I entered the relationship and before I reached the awareness level that it's ongoing, because mm-hmm. I did have this perspective that I have to be hundred percent healed. I'm not going to put somebody through this, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. And then I have the, well, this is ever evolving. We're forever learning. We're forever growing. So then it became a different standpoint for me. It's like, okay, there were certain things that I wanted to make sure I had under control Mm
0: -hmm. before entering
1: a relationship because I don't think that's fair to put this projection onto somebody else. Mm -hmm. Now I can say wholeheartedly being in a relationship where I've had to face triggers. I've had to face the vulnerability. I've Mm -hmm. had to um vocalize these things especially because like I tried to run a few times and because I got I got spooked I got freaked out and now I realize too that we can only grow and heal and evolve so much as a single individual Mm -hmm. because there are certain things that we can't heal without being in a safe relationship because we don't know what those triggers are until they're triggered by another person. Mm. and like that was the biggest thing because then I had those moments too where I was in the relationship and I was like I thought I dealt with all of this like am I going backwards because I don't want to go backwards I've worked too freaking hard to get where I am I'm not going backwards like we're not even entertaining that and it was more or less like no I have to be open I have to be vocal and vulnerable and be like, Hey, this triggered me. This Mm -hmm. is why. And it's not easy. It's not easy at all. Knowing, can I trust this person? Right. Can I trust this person with my vulnerability? Can Mm -hmm. I trust this person with my pain? Can I trust this person to not try to fix me, but just hold the space so I can at least just express who I am and say, Hey, this is how I'm working through it. And it's a really hard place to be in, but I think when it comes down to trusting somebody else again, it comes down to have I done enough work that I can trust myself to get through it. Mm. Right. We never know if we can trust another individual. That's just the reality of it. Mm -hmm. But we do know that we can trust ourselves to get through
0: it. Yeah.
1: So, yeah.
0: And trust ourselves with our ability to make good decisions. Right. Don't doubt ourselves. You know, actually be like, you know what? Like, I know this is it. I know this person is safe or I know this person is not safe because we trust ourselves by the questions that we ask, uh, the things that we experience with that individual, right? And how do you, would you, what would your advice be for the individual that's never really experienced a healthy relationship? You know, from mom and dad, it wasn't a healthy relationship, uncles, cousins, brothers, nothing around them ever really showed them what a healthy relationship looks like. And what would you advice be to that person? Uh, because how are they able to tell when they are in a healthy relationship? Because I guess the only way they will know is because they get super triggered and they'll run away, right? They're like, I ah, don't know, because it has, this doesn't look like anything they have ever dealt with, right? So I guess my question is like, how, what would you advice be to that person that's never experienced a healthy relationship, um, but they want a healthy relationship?
1: Well, there's a few different steps to that one, because again, even being in a healthy and safe relationship, you can create the chaos, which I've, I've also been somebody to do because this, I can say, I can say wholeheartedly, this is the first relationship that has been hundred percent. Okay. Not hundred percent healthy. Obviously we're still human, but healthy in the sense that like, I know that I'm in a healthy relationship and i'm not in something that's chaotic i was creating the chaos right Mm -hmm. so there's a few different things that have to take place for you to get to the level of being in their healthy relationship and knowing that you're there and knowing when not to self-sabotage it Mm -hmm. it's first you need to you have to learn to reparent yourself you have to create that relationship within yourself Mm -hmm. um Because if you don't know how to love you, if you don't know how to nurture you, if you don't know how to take care of you, how can you expect somebody else to do that, right, you can't even do that for yourself, how can you vocalize that to somebody else, like this is how, these are my standards, and this is how I want to be treated, and another thing is just finding that sense of security, you know what I mean, does it feel like chaos, does it feel like everything else that you've gone through, or to me, it's funny, it's like, the the boring side of the relationship it feels boring Mm. and it's it's not that it feels boring it's just that it's not chaotic you're not fighting all the time you're not screaming at each other all the time you're not fighting or hating on each other all the time it's it's peace when you can feel peace in a relationship yeah. And there's going to be moments where it's like, mm, this doesn't really feel like that much fun. It's like, we'll go create the fun as a couple, as an, like, or as an individual mm. chaos is not fun. Yeah. And what happens in these relationships where we've never had the healthy relationship or we've never witnessed it, we think that this is okay. We think that this is normal mm. and we find comfort in the discomfort mm. and we don't like it. But this is what we're used to. So, mm-hmm. the first thing you can do is analyze okay, well, what do I want my relationships to look like? And mm-hmm. now, how can I start nurturing that within myself?
0: Yes. And
1: there, right? Because if we're constantly trying to seek out a relationship, again, we're coming from that place of like, we don't love ourselves enough to hold our standards and to hold out for the one who's going to treat us exactly how we deserve to be treated.
0: Mm, that's so good. And I think that that question about like loving ourselves, like a lot of times we, especially like for me, when I, I hadn't done a lot of this work, uh, I was always like, you know, like, I want this relationship, this woman to love me, love me, love me. And then when I finally realized at one point that I was like, holy crap, I'm not even loving myself the way I want this person to love me. But like how am I like I like no wonder I'm not in a desired relationship that I want to be because like it's just not even like I'm not even loving myself like that like you're not you can't love like you can't expect somebody else to love you and hold you as this king or queen when you're treating yourself like a peasant right so <laughs> like, and that's that's been a game changer for me and in this last year so like I have just you know, stepped it up even another level of taking care of myself, taking care of my body, mind, you know, taking myself out on dates and so many things, right? Um, yeah. And yeah, like it's so, so massive, I think. Uh, so you are like, it's crazy. Like we have talked, you know, for the last three, four years, we've been great friends and to see you evolve and to see you, like your awareness on the things that like relationships and just doing this work, like, these situations, these friendships are what has inspired me to do my own inner work. And to see you right now I have this conversation, and I'm like, I'm taking some things away from you. I'm like, damn, Sam, you are on fire. Okay. Like that's a- that. so <laughs> well, I'm definitely, definitely proud of you for sure. And just where you are right now. Um, mm-hmm. give us, you know, the audience are definitely obviously going to be curious to hear uh what inspired you to start the align Gemini.
1: I Okay. So with the Align Gemini, I have always wanted to do apparel and I do want to get it to the place where I am designing my own clothes. Uh, designing uh, your own clothes, it comes with a startup fee. A startup mm. fee I did not have. So in my mind, it was like, okay, well, what can I do right now mm. and start making a name for it? So it started out with you know, pressing and doing my own apparel and that sort of thing. And so the name actually came from, well, one, I am a Gemini. I, mm-hmm. Some people are into the Zodiac thing. Some people aren't. And it's not like I'm this like die hard live by the Zodiac sign. It's yeah. just, I do like the fact that Gemini's get a bad rep and we can little be a little bit of a hothead. I will definitely say that. You know what I mean? Like we are not easy to deal with. Yeah. Um, but the thing with the Gemini is, so me and my sister are both Gemini's. Mm -hmm. We share a birthday born the exact same day. We are five years apart. And although we are very much the same person, we are very different. Mm. And I was actually listening to a song called Gemini by Keith Urban. And he was talking about how the Gemini she's this and 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 she's this. this. So that's where I came up with the aligned Gemini because the Gemini, although yes, we look at it from like a Zodiac side. Mm. It is more than that. It is the girl who can go to work in her sweats and still kill it. It's the girl who can dress up looking like a total badass it's the girl that can be qu- crying in the corner one minute and handling her shit the next it's, she is both she is everything and she is aligned with her purpose no matter what mm-hmm. so that's kind of how that came to be and it's now I want it to kind of be a, like I would love for it to be a household name we donate 10% back um, to a shelter or a community house that's here that's local for domestic um, abuse victims to get out of these situations. I actually met with them
0: mm. a year
1: or two ago, mm. right before the pandemic and the amount of people just in my little town that they have to turn away because they don't have enough big enough facility mm. was heartbreaking. And this these lockdowns have only made it worse. So that's where we kind of align with that side. I have domestic abuse in my own, you know, family. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had former relationships where I've been involved in shit like that too. So it, it hits a little bit closer to home and knowing that we're being able to give back in some sort of way and know that we're empowering women at the same time with a clothing line and with apparel and all that sort of stuff was Kind of it just kind of was the perfect storm, I
0: guess. (laughs) No, that's awesome. That's definitely awesome. I love, I love the fact that you have a purpose and you have this vision for it. And also that you guys are donating money, uh, 10% of it. Like that's so awesome.
1: A question that
0: like just came to my mind here. Um, how important do you think it is the masculine and feminine polarity in a relationship? In the sense of like, because I know like men, man, you know, in a masculine, a woman, you're feminine. And then like, if, if the man gets too in their feminine and a, that automatically puts the woman in their masculine, and then mm-hmm. it just kind of kills the romance and the relationship. And this is from personal experience. So I don't know if this is accurate out there. Right. What are your thoughts on that? Like, you know. And also because I feel like you have like a very strong masculine energy as well. Like you like to get shit done and all that stuff. And also being a single mom for a while, like that puts you naturally in your masculine, right. To go out there and take care of your kids and everything. So, and at the same time, you know, like you are, you know, have a man in your life now. And I just feel like, you know, like you, I'm sure you're getting into your feminine and all those things, or you, you might just be like, no, I'm still in my masculine with them. And like, this polarity thing is really just the thing gurus are selling. No, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like anything is open. I've heard some crazy answers about this the last few months. Right. So yeah. What are your thoughts? Like how important this polarity thing is masculine, feminine, and the man has to stay in his masculine and the woman staying in feminine for things to work.
1: I feel like people might come after me for this one. (laughs) (laughs) I, as much as I love that women want to accomplish everything and well, men do accomplish so much. So like, we don't even have to touch on that side, but I think women take this the wrong way. I think that men not nurtured because that can sound wrong. We don't need to nurture men in this sense, but we need to allow them to be men. Right, mm-hmm. women and men, as much as we are both able to accomplish whatever the fuck it is that we want, mm-hmm. we still, at the end of the day, have certain genetics in our DNA that ground us certain ways. Right. Mm-hmm. So I have found it really hard, even receiving, like, even being able to receive. Like, I remember the first time I ever went grocery shopping with him or whatever, and he carried the groceries out, and I was like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: "What the fuck are you doing? Like, I can <laughs> carry my own groceries, right? But I had to be like, no, you know what, like." just accept it, just receive it. Because before I would have been like, what are you doing? And I would have taken them and I would have kept walking, right? So like like you said, me being very much in that masculine energy, I've had to deliberately take a step back because mm-hmm. men need to feel needed. That yeah. is a part of their nature yeah. is to nurture and provide and be, you know, the Protect. dominant one is the wrong choice of word, I'm sure. And I'm sure somebody's going to take that wrong, but that's not how I mean it. I mean, in the sense that like, we have to, just like, we want to have all the love and attention and be spoiled.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We have to allow them to do what it is that they want to do. So being somebody who's been so self-efficient and who has been taught to not rely on other people, mm-hmm. it is very hard to be like, allow another man to even open a door for you. Right? Like mm-hmm. little things of practice like that. So I wouldn't say it's a make or break, Mm -hmm. um but i think it is something that definitely needs to be worked at and i think that if the woman is too much in her masculine the male isn't going to take his role in the relationship Mm -hmm. and that isn't to say that he should be the dominant one and he should be the one that makes the the decisions because i think ultimately at the end of the day that's a partnership we need a team right a relationship has to be a team Mm -hmm. and if you're on opposing teams it's not going to work Mm -hmm. um but at least allowing the space for the man to be the man and allowing the space for the woman to be the woman. Yeah. Um, otherwise they're just naturally, they're going to conflict at some point mm. just because that's just who we are in a, in a natural, like balance of the world. Yeah. It's not really anything I think we can force. So yeah, I believe in it to an extent. I, I just, I think it can also be worked on. You know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. No, so it's definitely no he did and like yeah. you're, you're definitely right it needs to be worked on when you're in a relationship with somebody because man naturally like a masculine man naturally wants to provide protect right like that's just in his genes he wants to do that that's and that's where he feels the happiest and all those things right so yeah. I think and then the thing with us men is that so if I'm in a relationship with a woman and I just got in a relationship with a woman and she's like fully inner masculine I look at it as full responsibility in my Uh, I take full responsibility. I'm like, well, like it's my job to, you know, make her feel comfortable enough and hold that space that she can get into her feminine. Right. So, because there's a lot of women that are, yeah, like they just, the idea of a man taking care of them all, stuff like receiving, right. It's it's hard. Uh, It's especially our conditioning and our traumas. It makes it hard for us to get into our feminine and accept a man who wants to provide and protect. Right. And at the same time, what as a man I think what happens to most men is that because we live in a world where like you know the feminine uh the most women are in their masculine as well these days because they got to get shit done they got to make things happen and all those things so if I want a feminine woman will provide hold space and protect and that woman will get into her feminine she will surround her and she will receive so now as a man what I have noticed is that especially if somebody hasn't done the work, you get into a relationship with a woman who's got strong masculine energy, you start to just get into your feminine. And that feminine is not actually like, you're not feminine, but you actually get into your inner child mode and you look at her as mom. And that energy starts coming in. And that's the beginning of the, the, the romance dying. Like she's not, she's like, it's just, and she doesn't even know it. She just naturally starts, she will do what she's doing. She will play the mother role, right? But it takes awareness. And I think these relationship check-ins every week, every month are so key for a successful relationship because then in those meetings, you can sit and be like, hey, this week, you know, I felt like I was really in my masculine a lot because, you know, like you were, you know, very like emotional or you uh, weren't taking the garbage, like you weren't doing what you usually do, right? Yeah. And that can happen for a man who provides and protects and all of a sudden he can, like just get into his emotions. And he's in this energy. And I think the biggest thing I always say is that for those men, it's to make sure you have a circle of great men in your life that you can talk to and share things emotionally, you can share things emotionally with your woman as well. But you don't want to get to the point where she is like playing mommy, like, or she is your therapist and all these things. No, like, she's still your woman. And you got to just have like a Boundaries where you're like, okay, like this stuff, like you know what, but I'm not gonna bring all these emotions and all these things and all this baggage that I'm carrying onto her when like she's not like she's dealing with her own things, right? Like you can talk about it, but you can't expect her to play mommy and like fix this, right? So, and that's some, my personal opinion. Like, I feel like I'm still uh learning. Uh, I don't think I'm there. I, I'm sure next relationship I might get into the feminine, into the masculine, I might get into my inner child, all these things. Um, So let me tell you something. This is, I feel like a discovery, an invention or something in my head. I feel like next relationship that I'm in, uh, it's like, I feel like this conversation is super important where like, hey, you know, like imagine me and you're in a relationship and I'm like, hey, Sam, so we're in a relationship now. I just want you to know that There's times that I'm in my authentic self. Uh, There's times that it's my ego running things and making things up. There's times that it's my inner child overreacting. And I'm very well aware that Sam, you as well, you're coming into this relationship, your authentic adult self, there's an ego, and there's also your inner child. So realistically, it's three people getting in a relationship with three people. (laughs) Right? So I feel like for me, it's like, like this conversation has been coming up where I'm like, it's just so important to have this conversation because now once you have this conversation, now let's say, you know, you're within the relationship and something happens and you can be like, okay, honey, which, who am I working with right now? Oh, uh, <laughs> I'm working with, you know, uh, the, I'm working, you're working with my ego right now. Okay. I am just yeah. I damaged right now. You, you made that compliment about that guy. And I know it's not enough, but like, I'm just telling you like, this was happening with me yeah. right now. And then like, I, what do you think of that? Like, I feel like, I don't know if, if anybody was talking about this, but like, I feel like this is something that I've come up with and I'm like, like, it's important for this conversation to happen as a couple, uh, because like, it's just like, it's so important, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I have a few different things to touch on. So one, I want to touch on something like that. And then two, also with a back to the masculine, and feminine, just for a moment. Yeah. Um, another thing that happens in a relationship is if, one a female has to hold space for her man also to -hmm. not necessarily be feminine but to feel safe enough to express his emotions because you're taught growing up you be a man right Mm -hmm. that's it you don't Mm -hmm. cry you don't show emotion like you be a man yeah and then for the woman it's like you don't rely on anybody you can't trust no one on yada 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 so it's it comes down to safety and it comes down to trust
0: Mm -hmm. if a woman
1: feels safe with you and they feel like they can trust you that's it they like Literally that has been the biggest thing for me is like safety and trust. Can I trust you enough with what, with what you say and show up that way and the safety enough to express myself and who I am and for you to hold the space to be the man to like it, it comes down to, I feel like this can get so like mixed up, but it comes down to is the woman holding space for the man to express himself? And is the man holding space for the woman to feel safe enough to do all of these other things? Mm Because it's so funny. I, you, I don't, I'm not proud to admit this, but I was somebody who used to emasculate men in -hmm. the relationship. And it took me, A lot of pride, a lot of ego, and a lot of work to admit that because I was the strong, independent woman. I was the top king shit. You know what I mean? Like somebody stabbed me in the back, and that was it. It was cutthroat. I didn't care. And it, I you have to look at it in the fact that like the reason women put their guard up, and the reason women take on the masculine role is because they're not feeling safe and secure and trusting enough in the man to be able to do it. So they do it themselves.
0: Mm -hmm. Right.
1: Um, so I wanted to touch on that because like that came through as we were chatting about that, but then for the relationship side, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly that you need to have these check-ins or these talks or these conversations, Mm -hmm. um, because if you're not expressing where you're at and if you're not sharing that, then how, like you said before, we can't read each other's minds, right? It's kind of like what, what the hell is going on here? And Mm -hmm. I can't expect you to know how to nurture me when I'm not even sharing what the hell is going on and vice versa. Right. And so you kind of bring a lot up. It's funny because before I would have told you in relationships, like way back before I'd done my healing, Mm
0: -hmm. I would
1: have said, that's not stuff you want to bring up right away. Like you're going to scare the person off. Mm. Fuck that! scare them off. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I want to know what I'm dealing with, mm. and it's not to say off the hop that it's all going to come out. But when it does come up, it's to say, "Hey, that triggered me, mm. or that made me feel this way, or this is reminding me of this." And that's kind of a little out of character, and it's a little triggering. You know what I mean? Like that happened to me personally. Yeah. Um, my, the the guy that I'm with now, he was doing little things that was reminding me of my ex. And Mm. I was like, no, like it was a hard no. Mm. And my problem was I couldn't see past my own ego Mm. to know he's different to know that anytime I've brought in something to his attention, it's Mm. been addressed and it's been corrected or we've talked about it. Mm. And my ego was like, Nope, this is the same. We're out. We're done. And I did. I was like, fuck this. I'm out. And when we finally had the the conversation, he's like, Sam, what the hell? And I was like, this is going to hurt. But you were reminding me of my ex. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I had done all this work just to end up with the same person.
0: Yeah. No. Mm
1: -hmm. Nope. Like that is a zero, like hard pass. Absolutely not. Mm -hmm. And he was like, cause to me, it seemed like a whole bunch of little things. Right. Right. And every relationship I've ever been in is like, oh my God, what's your problem? It's no big deal, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? Like nobody has ever allowed me to even talk about the little things and hold the space right down even to my own family sometimes, right? Like, oh, you're being petty. You're being silly. You're being whatever. And he said to me straight up, he's like, Sam, it's the little things that matter. And I was like, who? are you (laughs) like, you know what I mean? He's like, I can't fix it. If you don't tell me, and I don't want to be upsetting you. I don't want to behave this way. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. Yeah, Right. And like, I just was like, no, fuck this. And I'm out and I peaced. And I almost fucked up a relationship with somebody who legit wanted to be there for me. Right. Mm-hmm. And somebody who was completely different, but my ego triggered and didn't, it wouldn't even have a rhyme or reason. Mm-hmm. And I allowed instead of having the self-awareness to be like, whoa, I let it trigger it. And I just ran. I was like, Nope, mm-hmm. Nope, 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 Nope. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to have these conversations and it's really important to have them early on. Like we've, it's been set seven months, seven or eight months. And I I feel like I've known him forever because we've had a lot of these hard conversations right up front. And that's the only way you're ever going to learn to know someone is by talking, is by communicating, is by sharing and mm-hmm. not harboring it in and not holding it in and not waiting until you explode to have this huge giant fight. And it's like you could be saving all of that by just saying, hey, this might be upsetting or this might hurt or Another thing is, is wording, right?
0: Hmm. It's
1: not you did this. It's this is how you made me feel. Yeah, because then yeah. you're not attacking. You're saying, hey, this is how I feel. Hmm. That can't be wrong, right? Yeah. How I feel is not wrong. Yeah. But by me accusing you, that's wrong. Right, yeah. you didn't deliberately do anything, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you did this, so I behave this way. No, no, no. You made me feel this way, and it caused this trigger. Mm-hmm. Wording is everything in a relationship; like it will make or break everything.
0: Mm-hmm. There's like I'm thinking about a question. There's a uh, motivation for someone that I, I just
1: would... offloaded a lot. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> no, awesome. No, like it's, seriously, everything you're sharing is amazing. If, <laughs> if at one point I felt like you were going off on something that I was like what i'm lost myself i'm sure i would have been like okay what but no like seriously you're giving so much amazing value for everyone that's listening um there was a a question or something uh, a motivational speaker i once heard say it's like it's a wording is so important it's like uh you could ask someone and be like hey you know what's wrong with you or what are you feeling right now you know, what's wrong with you could sound wrong, right? But what are you feeling right now is so gentle, right? So it's, it's wording is super, super important, you know, to give some uh, practical things that the people that are listening to the podcast could do that are healing their childhood trauma or that are learning to love themselves better and to manifest and, you know, a desired relationship and to become their most aware self. What are some, you know, practical things you would get them to do, uh, that they can start healing this trauma or even just facing it or just seeing that there's something there? What would be some practical things you would get your clients to do?
1: Uh, One, be aware of when you're making up excuses or when you're trying to not nurture yourself, but you're trying to give yourself an excuse, right? There's a difference between nurturing and trying to give ourselves a free pass. And it's like, if you're being an asshole, you're being an asshole. And sometimes it's hard for us to drop the ego to say, Hey, we're not always right. And it's not easy. I've, I've been a very ego driven person for most of my life. So I get it right. Like, don't you dare come after me because I swear to God, yeah, but yeah. so taking just owning it, I think owning it is the biggest thing. Forgiveness letters. You mm-hmm. need to, we, everybody always talks about giving forgiveness letters to people who have hurt us mm-hmm. um, or forgiving um, others who we might not feel ready to forgive. And that's fine. And it, it's not to say that you have to go forgiving people when you're not ready. It's mm-hmm. when you are ready, write a forgiveness letter, write an email Um, you know, say it into a voice note, however you need to express it and you don't even have to send it. Right. Like I have gotten to a point where there were moments where I did tell my ex that I had forgiven him and I didn't forgive him for him. I forgave him for me because I had to, Mm. but the biggest piece I was missing is forgiving myself. I beat myself up a lot for staying in the relationship that I knew wasn't right. Mm
0: -hmm. I beat
1: myself up a lot for the fact that he walked out. I blamed me. What could I have done better? What did I do wrong? All of these things. I beat myself up for so long. I wasn't a good enough girlfriend. I wasn't a good enough this. I wasn't a good enough that. And it's like, fuck that. You know what I mean? Like we are enough for whoever is desired to be with us. But at the same time, you are going to end up, I read this somewhere. I don't even remember where it was, but you're going to end up in the relationship in which you've done the most work, right? Like Mm -hmm. wherever you've done the work to is the type of relationship you're going to have. So it's like forgiveness with yourself, forgiving other people, because first and foremost, before we can even move on to the relationship, you need to heal what's going on in here and forgiveness is the biggest tool, right? Yeah. Forgive yourself, love yourself, be gentle with yourself, be kind with yourself and don't try to rush it. Mm -hmm. We try to go okay, well, maybe this is the next relationship or maybe this is the next relationship. And actually this is one of the key things that did it for me is every time I started talking to somebody, it felt like it was like the the connection was getting quicker and quicker. And I was like, oh my God, he must be the one (laughs) gag me. Right. Like I, and I got so mad at myself because that's not who I am. I'm not a needy person. Like what the hell was going on? Mm. And that's when I realized I had an abandonment issue. Mm. I was afraid of being abandoned. I was afraid that I wasn't worthy enough. Nobody would love me, all of these different things. And that's when I started tapping into the childhood trauma. Mm. That's when I started tapping into the forgiveness letters. This is when I started coming uh, realizing that we have an inner child and outer child in our adult self. Mm. What's running the show? Right. Is it our little ego child that's pissy? Uh, or is it the, the little one that needs nurturing? Or is it us that wants to take control? But everything is chaos, right? Like just trying to find balance in what part of our psyche is running the show. Mm -hmm. And we can't do that until we give ourselves, like I said, the forgiveness, the love, the nurturing. Mm -hmm. So I think your first steps is, is really journaling and really just like becoming one with you and don't even worry about the relationship. Like one of the biggest things I had to do is I stopped dating for over a year, like Mm -hmm. zero interaction with men whatsoever, unless it was obviously a friendship. Um, there was no flirting, no inappropriateness, no intimacy, no nothing. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just really worked on myself. Like, what do I need? I, I realized that when I drank, I got more needy, or I got more insecure, or I would reach out to people I didn't really actually want to talk with people who made me feel like shit afterwards, like, take an assessment there too, with the people you talk to and the people you're around, do you feel better Mm -hmm. afterwards? Or do you feel worse? If you feel worse, you need to, you need to do the hard work and you need to let them go. Yeah, right? And so it was like, I've even told clients this, no boys, no booze, no boys, yeah. no booze. And like, if they're not going to take it seriously, then then I'm not even going to waste my time because it's one of these things that I can't help somebody do the work if they're not willing to do the work themselves.
0: Of course.
1: And so, right? So it's these little things, it's hard things like that, like mm. looking at yourself in the mirror and doing the self-assessment. It's cutting out the things that you know don't leave you in a good headspace. If, it, if booze isn't it, if it's maybe going out or if it's maybe talking to too many boys or these are all distractions, right? Like relationships are distractions. If they are the wrong one, Mm -hmm. alcohol is a distraction. Partying is a distraction, you know, TV and aimlessly scrolling. It's all a distraction because we don't want to look at what's hurting because either it hurts too badly or we've hurt someone. excuse me, we've hurt someone and we don't want to own it. Mm. So it's like, this is where we also need to forgive ourselves. I had to forgive myself a lot for people I've hurt. Mm. I'm not perfect. Right. And I won't claim to be, there's no human on the face of the earth that is. So it's like, where can I have been a better person? Right. I was not such a nice person when I was younger. Okay. Well, I can forgive myself for that because I did not have the awareness that I do now. Right. Mm. So we need to learn to forgive ourselves for who we were then for the wisdom that we know now. Right. That's like a huge, powerful thing that I've lived by too. I
0: love that. The the forgiving part is just so big. And also what something I took away was from what you were saying is really just paying attention to the feelings that were right. Uh, Whatever it is that you're feeling and start acknowledging those feelings right? whether it's like I wasn't a good person when I was younger or like I was in my all so many things comes right comes up. And all we gotta do is just pay attention, like seriously, just take the time. Some people call it meditation, some people call it, but really just sitting and hanging out with yourself and listening to the thoughts that are coming up and the feelings that are coming up and forgiving yourself, writing I'm a letter. I think that's massive. If anyone listening to this podcast right now for sure, would be that well, obviously no one's listening to this podcast right now because we're recording it right now. Uh, but when doing. Hey, new- Yeah, when you're listening to this, uh, forgive forgiveness letter is amazing uh, to sit there. And just a a tip that I want to give from um, my experience: you might open a journal and be like, "I'm writing a forgiving letter," and nothing might come up. So don't give up. That just means that it just you just need to pay attention, like sit with that thought until something comes up. Maybe a part of you is blocked. Maybe a part of you is not okay with you forgiving yourself. Uh, So, you really just sit with that and write that forgiveness letter, whether it takes a week, a couple of weeks, but really get yourself to a point where you're having the conversation of saying, I'm sorry. Like, I am sorry. Right. Um, Question. This is a good question. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Say what you were going to say. I
1: was just going to say, and why, right? Like, that was another big thing that I found helped me too is why is this triggering me? Hmm. Why is this like bringing up? an emotion and not trying to suppress the emotion. Cause that's what I hear from, from some clients too. It's like, okay, well I guess I'll just try to, to su- suppress it or whatever. And it's like, no, no, that's not the, the, the that's not the, the issue here. Yeah. The issue is here is that we've been suppressing it and you need to feel it. Yeah. So you need to ask yourself, why am I feeling it? this? You know, what is making me feel this way? What has happened in my past? Or why is this triggering? And like, that's a hard thing to do too. Why is this triggering me? Well, this asshole pissed me off. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, they pissed you off, but why did it piss you off? What is happening inside that that triggered you? Because it's not somebody else's job to not trigger you. It's your job to get your emotions in
0: check. Exactly. No, so true. So this question I'm very curious. And I I feel like I've asked this a couple of times on, the, on these podcast interviews. So, you know, when you first get into a relationship with someone, what are your thoughts on being sexual with them in the sense of, do you think it's okay the first three months, 15, 20 days later, you guys have established that you are dating now. You think it's good, like it's okay to have sex or do you think that wait six months or a year, a year is a long time. I feel like it's funny, but now a part of me is like, why, what part of you takes that's a long time, um, to wait that long. And I asked that because I have been in relationships where like it, you no, know, we waited almost five, six months before we had sex and it was just got super deep, super intimate. It was amazing. And then I've gotten relationships where we got sexual sexual very early on and nothing against the other person at the time I hadn't done as much work and like the serotonin and just everything just got me super super attached very quick as soon as I got in bed with her and then all of a sudden like I was just more like I wasn't as focused on building a very good relationship it was more like like the sex was on my mind first right so I'm always curious to hear from females. Like what are your thoughts? And when you're first starting to meet someone uh, building a foundation and like you start feeling safe with them. And then like, you know, like this is a good person and you do want to have a a relationship with them. It's like, when is a good time to get sexual? Your thoughts.
1: like, okay, I don't feel like there's any one particular time, right? Yeah. I don't think there's any golden rule when it comes to this. Um, I think, I think from hopping from bed to bed isn't good, right? And I've always kind of felt that way. Although I had my little phase I'm not too proud of, but like, it's one of the, again, that was suppressing. I was trying to suppress my feelings. You know, these people fucking piss me off anyways. Yeah. <laughs> um So I don't think there's any one rule, but I think at the end of the day, it's how is this person making you feel when you're like, never even mind the sexual side of it. Do you feel good being around this person? Do you enjoy being around this person? If there was no sexual relationship with this person, would you still enjoy being around them? Right? Like, Hmm. do do you feel safe with this person? All these other things take, I think, precedent because I used to think that time was the factor of the value of a relationship. Mm. And I can say now that, no, I'm not going to go and get married tomorrow because like, there's still so much I need to learn in the relationship that I'm in. But I do know that I've covered more ground in this relationship than any other one because of the awareness, because of the work, because of the conversations. Mm. And I think it depends on how you create that intimacy before getting into bed. Right. I think it depends on the level of connection you've already made.
0: Mm. Um,
1: you know, are you both in the, on the same page? Is this, that's an important conversation to have too, right? What are you, what are your intentions here? Yeah. Do you want to just hook up or mm. do you want more, right? Because that's the thing too. Like I hit a place in my life where I'm like, I'm not wasting my time, yeah. especially cause like, maybe this is a little inappropriate. Maybe not. I don't waste my time if it's not going to be good. Like, you know what I mean? Like I don't want to waste my time here. And so I think sex is a healthy part to relationship. So to me, there's the counter side of it. You wait six months to a year and you have this great relationship, Mm. but what if it turns out that you don't chemically match that way? Right. Mm. Is that important to you? Is that not important to you? To me, that's important to me. Um, And so but to some people that's not right. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's, I don't think it's a matter of how fast you jump in. I think it's a matter of what connection do you already have with them? What connection have you already established? What emotional level have you already connected with? Right? Because if you've gone through that phase, then you also know that, there reaches a point where it's like, it's not like I'm, it's not even enjoyable anymore unless there's an emotional connection. Right. So I definitely believe that you need to have to develop an emotional connection on some level, Mm -hmm. what that level is, I think depends on the two individuals and where their comfort comfort level is with each other. Right. Like that is another conversation. That is another conversation to be had. Um, it's like, okay, I want to wait, or I don't feel this connection. So we're just going to move on, like whatever it may be. Mm. But yeah, I don't think there's any golden window to making it successful or not successful. It's a matter of have you had the conversations and built that intimacy outside Mm. of the bedroom first, because that's just as important, right? Mm. Because you can sex without emotion is there's really like, not a whole lot to it. Right. And it's not
0: it feels Maybe. good at the moment, uh, if it's yeah. both good, but, but like but even that, that, you know,
1: yeah. but even that, like, I think, I don't know if this is age or if this is doing the work or if this is just being done with the shit, but it's not even like, it's not, I don't know. I just, it's not even enjoyable unless there's an emotional connection. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, why am I wasting my time? Because this could end poorly.
0: Yeah, no, it's you right? said perfectly. And I think that question that was that really hit me was if would I still like, you know, you're a couple of months into this good connection with someone. The question you said that was, I think, super beautiful is would I still hang out with this person if sex wasn't involved? right? And if the answer is no, and even though like you two, three months of dates, and you have got to know this person, and the answer is like, no, if this person, like if sex is not involved, I wouldn't even want to hang out with them. Like, that's a good, you know, like, first of all, it's being honest with yourself, right? So it's like, mm-hmm. if most people are not even that honest with themselves. But I'm saying if you're at that level, it's like for myself, I'm like, oh, crap. And I've asked myself this, like, if sex wasn't involved, would I still be, you know, loving this every second, every moment? And there's, yeah, yeah there's literally been times where I was like, no, I literally just want to have sex with this person. And I'm also very expressive in a sense of like, I tell women, like, you know, it's like, if, the, Hey, what do you see this? You no, know, I'm looking for a sexual experience. Like, like I'm very blunt with all my experiences. Right. So, but yeah, yeah, it's super important. And when it comes to the relationship and the question that I asked that, what well, that's a good question to ask yourself. Like, would I still enjoy this oh, person yeah. really do everything with them if sex wasn't involved? And if the answer is no, if the answer is no, or yes, doesn't mean there's anything wrong, but just, the communication with yourself, the communication with them is so key. And from my experience, I just feel like the key is communication, like open communication, yeah. you know, there's just, and that's what's from. like, once again, I'm no guru. I'm a 31 year old guy who's still learning about himself. Um, But I really feel like that's the key to a successful relationship, like communication, open communication, talking through your things on a daily basis um, mm-hmm. is super important because like it's just it's super important actually another question that just came to my mind because you are just killing it okay you're just killing it like everyone listens to this podcast they're gonna like i i highly suggest you take your notepad and write down some of this information it is next level so now you know when you first start to meet someone and you get to know them or like just you feel a good connection with someone yeah how do you like this is i don't know like maybe i would just don't too much of it so like It felt like the first few months, one of my recent relationships was that like we were doing so much of this work, like questions and making sure we're aligned, making sure we're that at times we forgot to have fun. And then we used to laugh because we would be like, damn, like I came over to have sex, but for some reason, right now we're talking about our emotions and why tears matter and all this stuff. And we're both happy and loving that moment, that experience. But at the same time, we're like, damn, we came here to have sex tonight, but we're like, we're like totally like, and talking about some very deep stuff, childhood trauma. And like, when you have those heavy conversations, you don't really, especially for a woman, like, you're not like, oh, I want to jump. No, like you just had all that kind of heavy energy. Now you want to kind of just relax, process that stuff and just maybe cuddle, right? And that's what me and her used to do. It. We just cuddle uh, because like the, it just got super heavy, right? So I'm curious to know, is that something you have experienced where you're like, wow, like we're doing so much of this work, trying to figure out this is the right one that we haven't even really like scheduled a good date or do something fun because we're like trying to make sure this is not the wrong thing. Have, have yeah. you had some kind of experience like that? Or I'm just curious to hear even your uh, thoughts on the experience that I have had in those things.
1: Okay, so one, being being best friends with the person I'm in a relationship with is a huge thing for me. Like that was my number one mm-hmm. was like, I want them to be my best friend. I want to laugh. I want to carry on. I'm a very, I guess some people would say it's childish at yeah. nature, but I'm, I'm like, I have a very big heart and yeah. i like to be playful. I that's mm-hmm. just who I am. I like to joke. I like to have fun. I like to carry on. And I think that you can have both. I think that you can have both in a relationship. And I think where maybe that was causing a little bit of conflict is well, one, I also love learning with people. It's mm-hmm. like, The more you tell me, the more like the more I want to ask more questions, like, oh, tell me more. Right. Like, that's just who I am. I'm a nosy individual. I also like learning and understanding why people operate the way they they do, um, Mm. because we don't know that without questions. Right. And too many people go around assuming why people behave the way that they do.
0: Yeah.
1: But another thing being is maybe it was too focused on is this the right person Mm. rather than just living in the moment. Mm-hmm. So there was something that I heard on a podcast by Ed Milette. and it has changed my perspective on relationships forever. Mm-hmm. And this woman was in a relationship for fuck, I think they said like 12 years or something. And she's like, and we still don't, she's like, I still don't know if I'm going to be with him in another 10 years. And, and Ed was like, what the hell? Like, yeah. what do you, what do you mean? Yeah like, what do you mean you don't know if you're gonna be with him in 10 years? She's like, well, I don't even know if I'm gonna be around tomorrow. Like, I don't even know if I'm gonna be alive. Like, how can I promise the next 10 years mm. when I want to be living in today? So that's been my biggest focus. And that was one of the things I had a communication even with the, the man that I'm seeing or dating. And he was just like, he said something about forever. And I said, listen, I'm not looking for forever. Mm. And this is the first time in my entire life that I have, that I have, actually been okay with this Mm. would I like it to last forever of course but it can't last forever if you're not nurturing it today Mm. if you're not enjoying the relationship today if you're not like you know what I mean like show up for each other today and do it again tomorrow and again the next day and again the next day because people evolve we change we grow and It's not to say that we have to constantly be like, okay, well, how are you today? And all this stuff. Like, obviously you want to know how your partner's doing, but not in a sense where it's like, okay, where could we have done better? Mm -hmm. It's more or less like, okay, this was either a shit day or a good day, but we don't need to analyze it that way. It's just, if a problem arises, we're going to communicate on it. If Mm -hmm. something triggers, we're going to communicate on it rather than it being the focus, because then you're just sucking the, like for me, that's just sucking the life right out of it. Right. Cause it's like, well, I don't fucking know. And and he asked me that and it upset him. And he was like, well, do you, do you see yourself with me forever or something? I don't even remember how he worded it. And I said, listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I got like a man walked out of me that I thought I was going to marry. So no, I have no idea if you were the right person for me or not, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that we're having a good time. Now. Mm -hmm. I enjoy being around you. I love being around you and vice versa. And you show up for me, you hold space for me. I show up for you. I hold space for you. And we're just taking it day by day. Right. Not day by day in the sense that like, you're not planning a a trip in the next couple of months, but like day by day in the sense that like, we're living for right now. We're Mm. not trying to like, if we make it 10 years, that's fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. But we can't make it to 10 years if we don't nurture the relationship today. And I think that was like the most beautiful thing I had ever heard. Cause when mm-hmm. I first heard it too, I was like, girl, you're crazy. And then she explained yeah. it. And I was like, oh, my mind was blown. Yeah. And like same with Ed let he was like, Holy crap, like it's so true. Yeah. We why am I worried about 10 years from now when what I might not even be alive in 10 years? So uh-huh. like why not enjoy it today and love each other today and have fun today and figure it out as we go, right?
0: Yeah, you just like, that's the most beautiful thing ever. And I had a conversation recently with one of my female friends. And we've gone on a couple of dates and everything. And one of the things that I have realized in the last year is that and I think this kind of came to me from my 10 day silent meditation a couple years ago, but So I used to, and it's natural, right? Like we meet somebody and it's like, okay, like once you love them everything, like, oh, I want to be with them forever. And if we we can't be forever, then this is not a real thing. And something that I've realized and I've come to the awareness is that the success of any relationship or friendship is not dictated for me now by how long it lasts, but how awesome the experience is when we are with each other in this present moment. And I'm the same Mm -hmm. way like yourself. I was, I've always been like this. Actually, all my, like all my life, this has been me. Like I was a guy who experienced open relationships and like, I never, ever believed in monogamy. I used to, I used to literally be like, when I was to 20s, I used to literally Sam be like, how are these guys together forever? Like, how can you stand the same person all your life? This was literally my twenties. Like this was like, this was the wording, even in, in my teens. Like I didn't, I wasn't in relationship. Like it was just like, like it just wasn't anything serious, but like, this was literally my thought process. How could two people spend all their lives together? Like that, that doesn't make sense to me. I don't even know where I'll be five years from now. Right. right. So, yeah. so when I've gotten into a couple of serious relationships and I I, I caught myself in a sense of like forever and all this stuff like that, I never, you know, like I, I processed it. I was like, wait a minute, why do I want forever? Oh, because like, that's what shows me that this thing is going to work. Why does forever dictates of this relationship a good relationship so i really process this stuff and now i'm in this mentality and mindset that when i meet someone and we have the best time ever and it's the best person ever and we spend six months together two years together three years together i will never be like you want to be with me forever because forever is such a long time and then the second thing is the second thing is that I feel like those are programmings and labels that society, culture and environment has put us that like me and you're having a fun time. We got to put a label on this. Like, this doesn't make sense. Like what are we brother, cousin, uncle, best friend, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, like what? Those are, why do yeah. we need to label this? Right? <laughs> so for me, I'm so massive on that and it has just led to some awesome relationships and friendships because it's like, let's have a fun time right now. Let's get to know each other right now. Let's heal, fix, invest, grow, grow, together right now. And if in 10 years, 20 years, we're still with each other, I'm sure we'll be proud of what we have built together. If we're not, I'm sure we'll be grateful for the time that we had with each other because we did all that we can, right? So I'm so glad that you shared that because it is so, so true. Like it's like for me, like I, it's, I feel like it's just the programming, environment, culture, family, and you know, like say like the contract, like it's like the contract forever marriage, you know, like husband and wife. If it's not husband and wife, then you don't love me. We're not going to you know like all these things. and yeah hey why can't we spend the rest of this physical world together without giving ourselves label but at the same time i just want to be specific in a sense of like i don't like i'm not in a sense like i'm sure you know once you're with somebody like that for a while you know there's family and cousins and friends that want an answer and i want that person to make sure they have an answer for them so yeah tell them tell them we're married tell them we're cousins tell them whatever you want to tell them i'm okay with that i'm not worried on that but i just yeah, we're cousins.
1: We're yeah, cousins. Yeah. I don't
0: know why I go that far. <laughs> like, I'm the type of guy that's an instigator. Like, I would probably be like, Yeah, tell them we're cousins. Like, just because like like I know what me and you are between each other, and we talk about all this stuff, we figure it out. We're a partnership, but I just want you to know that for me, the outside labels don't matter anything. And if I'm very close to someone and I, I would probably be like, Yeah, like we've been married for a long time. Yeah, like we're married, you know. Oh, you guys got married? What happened? So, yeah, those are a couple of my two cents. Um, as we finish off this podcast right now, first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for your time. Uh, you give away so much value. I'm sure everyone listening to this are going to take so much away from this podcast. Please let everyone know where they can find you. And I'm going to include your information in the detail section of the podcast.
1: Okay. Awesome. So I am on Instagram. That's kind of like my main source of I guess vocalization. Um, so, uh, the aligned Gemini is like the underscore aligned underscore Gemini, um, for Instagram, if you want to check out the clothing line. Mm. Um, and then my main Instagram is Samantha underscore Danielle Marie. And then I also have a podcast, um, watch her go. So those Uh. are, those are all the places that you can kind of find me. Mm. Um, and yeah, I've, this has been really fun. I've really enjoyed this. So thank you for having me.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So guys, Ladies, listening to the podcast, uh, I'm going to have a detailed section in the, um, in the description of the podcast. Please follow her, reach out to her, purchase anything that you like from our apparel line. And lastly, as we finish off this podcast, i like to put some intentions out there and say that, you know, my intentions for you listening to this podcast is to take some information away and start implementing it into your day-to-day life. I want you to take something away and journal on it. Samantha shared some awesome practical tools with you that you can start to do today. So I know that we have awesome voices and you probably enjoyed listening to us for entertainment purposes, but I want you to take something away, please, and really spend half hour, an hour, and really implement that information. And lastly, until next time, please stay in Aware Alpha.